0: G'day, welcome to Partakers, and to our series, Easter 2012. Today is Friday. Today we're looking at Jesus' last breath. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 to 14 says, See, my servant will act wisely. He'll be raised and lifted up, and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that, Any man And his form marred beyond human likeness Or Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10 to 11 Yet it was the Lord's will To crush him And cause him to suffer And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering He will see his offspring and prolong his days And the will of the Lord Will prosper in his hand After the suffering of his soul He will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Those words spoken of the coming Messiah by the prophet Isaiah centuries before Jesus Christ. Together we have looked at during this Easter series Jesus Christ's mission and identity And we have placed him as the Messiah, spoken about throughout the Old Testament, including Isaiah. We have looked at Jesus' last teaching, his last prayer, and the events of his last night. And following his betrayal, he is now facing trial in a Roman court, being interrogated by Pontius Pilate. And now as we look together briefly at one eyewitness in John 19, Let us see what happened to Jesus Christ. His condemnation, his crucifixion, his death, and his subsequent burial. So what of Jesus? He was condemned. Pilate gave in and permitted the flogging and the mockery in the hope of shaming Jesus' accusers. Verses 1-3 of John chapter 19. In verse 4, Pilate affirms Jesus' innocence after the scourging or the whipping. And in verse 10 of chapter 19 of the Gospel of John, Jesus' refusal to answer stung Pilate into reminding Jesus of his Roman authority. Jesus, however, corrected Pilate's idea of authority and told him that although Pilate may have power on earth, his power Reached beyond earth, John chapter 19 verse 11. Jesus Christ knew that his work of bringing people back to God into a loving relationship did not rest on the actions of a mere Roman governor. Pilate was more concerned with his own position than he was for justice. And in all this, we see Jesus as the true Passover lamb. Then Jesus was crucified. Jesus bearing his own cross was killed as a common criminal. We read in John chapter 19 verse 21 to 22 that Pontius Pilate was responsible for fixing the sign the King of the Jews on the cross. As with all prisoners, condemned prisoners, the clothes were given to soldiers on duty. And even when he himself was in agony, Jesus showed great concern for his mother committing her to the care of the Apostle John. In John chapter 19, verse 26 to 27. The crucifixion site was purposely chosen to be outside the city walls. Of course, the Jewish law forbade such within city walls. For sanitary reasons, the crucified body was sometimes left to rot on the cross and serve as a a visible disgrace, a convincing warning and deterrent to passers-by. Sometimes the subject was eaten while alive and still on the cross by wild beasts and birds. We know that Jesus' face was beaten beyond recognition. The scourging and the whipping reduced his flesh to something like raw hamburger mints. The scourges or the whips used would have had pieces of glass and rocks stuck to the cord so as to inflict as much damage as possible, ripping into the flesh. Jesus had a crown of thorns pushed into his scalp, mocking him as a king. In Jesus' final moments, he uttered, I am thirsty, and it is finished. And in John chapter 19, verse 32, the desires of the Jews to fulfill their rituals was important because the Sabbath fell within the Passover festival. The breaking of legs speeded up the process of death, and the piercing of Jesus' side and the flow of blood and water proved beyond doubt that Jesus was really dead. John chapter 19, verse 34. And then Jesus was buried, buried by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. The significance of John chapter 19, verse 41, in which no one had ever been laid, is solely to demonstrate that the body of Jesus at no point came into contact with the decay of of a dead body. But. His burial is not the end of the story. Tomorrow we will look at some of the other characters. And events that happened around the cross. And then on Sunday. We will look at the end of the story. But before we leave today. Let's investigate. What Jesus's death on the Roman cross. Two thousand years ago. Means for humanity today. And why he had to die on a cross in the first place. So firstly, let's look at what has Jesus' death done for all mankind. According to Scripture, Romans 3, verse 23, all human beings in their natural state are born sinful and sinners and have therefore rebelled against God. However, because of Jesus' death on the cross, God now offers forgiveness, peace and reconciliation with himself so that we can no longer be his enemies. And through this cross and only through the cross we are made just before God. The cross cleanses us from sin and makes us right before Almighty God. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ we have now direct access to God and Jesus Christ intercedes for us. And because of Jesus Christ's death on a Roman cross all those who follow him have freedom from the power of slavery to sin. Galatians 5 verse 1 And we have freedom from the power of the devil. Hebrews 2 verse 14 None of the above things are true if a person does not follow Jesus. So why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Firstly, the problem. Sin is what separates humans from God, and as a consequence leads to both a spiritual and a physical death. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Isaiah 59, verse 2. In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement, as mere coverings for sin, Leviticus 17, verse 11. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin, reminds us in Hebrews 9, verse 22. A blood sacrifice is God's way of dealing with sin. These blood sacrifices of the Old Testament signified several things. They, they provided a covering for sin, it showed the great cost of sin, or rebellion against God it was an exchange or substitution but the Old Testament blood sacrifices were always only ever going to be a temporary measure because they f- pointed forward to the death of the Messiah we know this Messiah to be Jesus and his death on the cross so that's the problem what about the solution the solution lies not in continual animal sacrifice of the Old Testament because Hebrews 10 verse 4 reminds us that the blood of animals cannot take away sin but was only ever a veneer or a covering. That was why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. It is only through the death of Jesus Christ that sin is taken away because Jesus is is our permanent sacrificial substitute, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 to 15 and 26 to 28, and he's a substitute, Jesus died for our sin, the just for the unjust, says Peter in 1 Peter three eighteen. that is how God is both just and the justifier of sinners, that is why Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully human, If he lacked either, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin. When Jesus died on that Roman cross in our place, he bore the consequences of all sin, past, present and future. He became sin for us. The sinless one became sin, and it was his precious blood as a lamb without spot or blemish that fulfills God's requirements permanently. 2 Corinthians 5.21 and 1 Peter 1.18-19 Then there's the propitiation, a big Bible word. We must remember that towards sin and sinful behavior, God has great fury, anger and wrath. Yet as Micah 7.18 reminds us, God is slow to anger and quick to forgive. Propitiation means... The turning aside of God's anger by the offering of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. God's anger and judgment of sin fell upon Jesus instead of on us and all humans. Therefore we need to approach God to appease his anger in order to accept it. 1 John 2 verse 2 says Speaking of Jesus He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And later in that same letter, in 1 John 4 verse 10, John writes, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son as a sacrifice, or propitiation, to take away our sins. And then finally, redemption, or a ransom. Not only was it propitiation, but it was an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God paid redemption so that humans can be freed from the slavery to sin. The price was paid, and so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But it is our responsibility to choose that way God does not coerce love forcefully he leaves it as a choice for humans to make it as individuals otherwise it would not be love what is our response to this to be? sacrifice, substitution, propitiation and redemption can be summed up in one word that word love for 1 John 3.16 states this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus told us to take up our cross if we're to follow him as his disciple. And there's a price to pay for being a true follower. We must surrender completely to him, we must identify with him in suffering and death, and we must follow him obediently wherever he leads. And finally, there's victory over Satan, death and sin. As we look back through the gospel accounts, we see Jesus being tempted and taunted by Satan. We read of and see the temptations in the wilderness, Satan using the Apostle Peter to try and deflect Jesus away from the cross, and Satan using Judas to betray Jesus. And if, if Jesus had ever succumbed to temptation and had sinned in thought, word, action or inaction, then he himself would have needed a Saviour. That is why Jesus is the perfect sacrifice, because he never sinned, he never disobeyed God, and he always did what he saw God the Father wanting him to do. Jesus' death on the cross is the centrepiece of all human history and the focal point of eternity. At the cross and only on the cross Jesus' mission is accomplished. At the cross this God-man, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for all sin of all time of all people so that people can have the opportunity to be restored back into relationship with God. I've heard people say that Jesus didn't die on the cross but rather somebody was made to be his substitute. But I want to tell you this is a lie of the devil. Nobody could have been a substitute or the Jewish leaders would have said so when the rumors of Jesus' resurrection began to circulate. The Romans kept strict discipline and regimen and nobody would have been able to get in amongst the Roman soldiers and somehow substitute themselves for him. Yes, somebody else carried the cross for him, but nobody but Jesus was nailed to that cross to die. Jesus Christ died on that cross and it was not some substitute. That is a lie of the devil that somebody substituted Jesus' body. And the cross is not a symbol to be merely placed around the neck as an item of jewellery or fashion statement. The cross is not meant to portray Jesus as some form of cento-masochistic, tragic hero as some people would make it out to be. The cross is God's solution to the problem of sin, suffering and pain. The cross is a choice. You can choose to deny the cross and say it doesn't matter, that it is an irrelevance, and that is your right. You can choose to do that. God will not force people to love him. If he did, he would have created Adam so that Adam would automatically love him and not given him free will to rebel. That way, the cross would not have been needed. But such is the enormity of the love of God that each person has a choice to make. Follow Jesus and take up their own cross and be an overcomer for him. Or a person can deny the cross and its meaning and when Jesus Christ comes again in judgment, and he will, they'll find that he denies them entrance into his glorious kingdom because he will not know them. How a person thinks of the cross ultimately has relevance to them and affects their reality. The cross epitomizes God's glory, and if there was any other way that he could restore people into relationship with himself, surely he would have done it that way. But there was, and is, no other way. Jesus Christ, simultaneously fully God and fully man, died on a Roman cross, He took on the sins of the world, paying the greatest price so that people, you and I, can be restored in the relationship with God the Father. That includes you and me. Thank you.